Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. This week, we're looking at Australian M&A and how the COVID-19 pandemic is shaking up M&A from a stakeholder perspective. Joining me from Sydney is editorial consultant and director for Merger Market on Australia, Simon Segal. Hi, Simon. Hi, Juliana. Thanks for joining me. So can you begin by giving us an introduction to the impact COVID-19 has had on the corporate world in Australia? From, from our perspective, from my perspective in the UK, it looks like a country that's got off quite lightly with the pandemic. So Australia's achievement has, has, been, um, has been remarkable in, in, in both combating it by keeping the, the virus out and in controlling it, the virus out from um, um, you know, from foreign influences, the borders are virtually are virtually dead closed, um, which has made a huge difference. And internally, the tracking and the tracing and the and the sophistication of the monitoring mechanisms have kept the hospitals and dead. Well, they, they've kept the, the virus out of the domestic population as well. Deaths have been just over nine hundred. Um, you know, in total, which is which is really remarkable in a global context. That that's. Um, you know, well within one day's worth of what's even happening in the United States today, even at the lower levels. Um, and Bloomberg does an index that looks at the achievements of um, um, of the coronavirus, and, and Australia's ranked when I last looked, um, on, I think on the twenty sixth of April, it's ranked third. And that and that's a whole collation of of how they look at those um, um, achievements. What's happened latterly is there's is is there's a, there's been a bit of um, of, of difficulty with the um, with the vaccination program and and the and the government after having huge plaudits and um, not only the government the civil service um, the the, um, the 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 whole the entire bureaucracy um, what's happened now is that there's come up on the um, on the vaccination rollout and Australia's only just hit two million vaccinations out of a population of twenty five million um, so that's that's proving a problem it has ramped up over the last week. Dramatically again, and their initial problem—they're way behind their initial targets. Their initial promise was to vaccinate the entire population by end August. This looks like going now, um, well into next year. But having said that, it's the argument is that they can afford, um, you know, to, to, to get best practice on the vaccination, and there's no rush. Um, there's no rush to get it out. There is no disease. Really, in effect, there, there is no coronavirus in the country, other than other than in the um, in the um, 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 you know in the centres that that hold the uh, foreign pe- people who come from um, from offshore. And what about the impact of COVID nineteen on the corporate world, and how has that affected M and A? M and A has been intricately connected um, across the, the the whole range of stakeholders um, through the coronavirus. As a start, the um, uh, boards and, and uh, managers, corporate boards, financial advisors have had huge difficulty valuing deals, both as a target and as a bidder side. They've had huge deals negotiating and um, coming together to negotiate deals. They've had huge complications conducting due diligence. A lot of the facilities have been shut, um, and there's no direct access. So that, that that's made um, the, the, the both the the valuation and the process hugely difficult. Having said 
did that. There's there's now a boom in Australian M&A over this past first quarter. It did slow down. Initially, M&A activity slowed down dramatically um, this time last year. It, 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 for all intents and purposes, following global trends, it, it, it shut off here where people really didn't know what was looking ahead of them. There's a lot more confidence now, especially in Australia. There's even further confidence, given the, um, my, my earlier comments about the, the, um, the confidence that, that the Australian public and the corporate world has in um, the impacts that, that corona has been controlled in Australia. Um, so that confidence has buoyed activity, has buoyed sentiment. There's a strong equity market at the moment. Um, and it's very, very buoyant at the moment. So that's from the from the um, uh, from these uh, from the boards and the advisory um, perspective. From shareholders' perspective, there's a multi, there's there's a multiple process going on. Um, certain shareholders have um, have taken activist positions. Um, more so um, than they would have in the past in terms of if those are the shareholders invested, they, they, they seem to have been emboldened. It started, um, I mean, there was a, a notorious deal that you wouldn't have heard of, well, not, I'm not personally wouldn't have, but, but, but few, of your, few of the listeners would have heard of with MetLife Care, which is a life insurance company. Again, this time last year, they, they were bid from a private equity group, a Swedish origin private equity group, ESG. To cut a long story short, um, ESG, the, 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 corona, the, um, the, the corona pandemic hit, um, ESG pulled out, um, and shareholders really got annoyed about that. And at the end of the day, the, the um, remarkably, the um, uh, uh, despite uh, material adverse corporate, Adverse change clause has probably been breached. They renegotiated and cut terms, so shareholders didn't lose everything. So that was just the, the flavour of of what was to come. And and we've seen endless um, positions since then where shareholders have are, are in effect much more influential than they've been in the past um, in 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 influencing the board's decision how to how to handle the um, their target approaches. What else has kind of prompted this change in approach by shareholders? Well, there are a few factors. Firstly, they were um, um, they, they, initially when the, um, um, the the concern was that bidders would just come in at any at any at any price. Um, you know, they were, the, the 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 weakest were going first. Were being bid first. The weakest companies and shareholders didn't realize that the, at the bottom of the cycle they weren't wanting to be bid um, at at a really low price. And the boards just to to capitulate at that level and then uh, you know just uh, give in the board um, or ju- just give in value, um, uh, leave a lot of value on the table. So shareholders made that clear. Um, and, and and they uh, stood firmly behind the board. That 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 could have happened both ways. Um, and 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 subsequent to that, shareholders are now emboldened by the equity valuations. So they seem to think, um, you know, that's that there's been a ride. There's the the the, the, the um, forecast for economic growth for future um, equity prices, despite being highly valued, are, is still buoyant. So that so they. Um, you know, they're playing on that sentiment as well. And they don't want particularly private equity. They don't want them knocking on the doors, you know, walking away with, um, um, with, with a lot of value left on the table from their, from their perspective. And can you give us some more examples of deals where, where you've seen those high equity values? 
at the moment, there's um, um, there are a good few um, companies being being bid where shareholders have, in effect, forced the companies to to restructure and to um, in, in, um, you know take embrace um, uh, um, uh, targets. Tabcor at the moment, which is a, which is a huge gaming company, um, has just recently announced a demerger program. Um, and that was due to shareholder pressure, um, and that's now going. Um, it's they've managed an, an initial bidder has now already improved its price by close by by, by fifteen odd percent. Um, you, you know, given that they've just, um, um, uh, that shareholders stood firmly by the board. Uh, another an, an, another company, um, well known casino company in Australia, Crown Resorts. Similarly, they've had huge trouble with, um, um, you know, with, with, in terms of their corporate governance. That's another. Um, that's another tale. But but they similarly um, are running a process now, and shareholders are, you know, sticking by them. And um, you know, just and these are the non-controlling shareholders. There's been a, a governance issue with the controlling shareholder. Um, James Packer, and and so you know, those are two huge companies at the moment. Yeah, we looked at Crowner a few weeks ago when I spoke to your colleague Stephanie Hanna. So, so would you say that shareholders are just generally becoming more assertive in in these types of situations? Yes, they they they, they absolutely are. Um, uh, at targets and and um, targets would always say shareholders are assertive. Um, you know, yes, they would say that, wouldn't they? You know, that this is an undervalued bid. But there's a difference in the tone of what's going on now, and the emphasis, and the and the ability to to um, to get bumps and uh, to get share price bumps. And I mean, I mean, uh, um, yeah, Asalia was another company, but that had a huge bump. Village Roadshow had a huge bump from shareholder pressure. Um, yeah, they, 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 there are numerous examples this year where that's. Uh, where that's happened beyond it's it's always happened it's obviously shareholders have always wanted more value than bidders are prepared to offer and there's always been that barney you know that turn fro but but the emphasis now they seem to be a bit more successful and it's much more and it's much more dominant boards are much more cautious about backing them about it securing their shareholder mandate behind them Thank you and just changing tax slightly to an issue which I know is very close to your heart the role of ESG. I'm interested in what, how much ESG plays a part in Australian investors' decision making. There's been a huge trend towards a focus on ESG, a, a global trend towards ESG issues. Is that something you see reflected in Australia, which is obviously a country with a huge reliance on, on mining? Very much so. Um, Australia, it, it, it might be lagging, ESG, it might be Lagging, particularly European trends, maybe not maybe not in the United States, but by but um, um, there's been very high profile incidents, as we've mentioned. AMP, there was a there was a banking commission of inquiry into the financial services sector, and that's led to a lot of um, reform amongst the banks um, um, in in terms of and, and there've been follow up, you know, M and A activity. Certainly, resulting from those divestments, from those assets, from those weaknesses, um, there's been huge. Um, 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 there's a lot of emphasis, perhaps again, not as much as as with 
as in Europe, but a, but a lot of emphasis from the big super funds, on which are the retirement funds in, in, in Australia, on um, ESG issues in their mandates. Australian super funds ha- are heavily influenced by trade unions, by their members, by, by trade unions. So, so those ESG issues are increasingly coming to the fore, and they will be, um, particularly on, on issues like climate um, and corporate governance, um, the um, uh, um, uh, 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 probity issues, um, th- th- perhaps not um, not quite on on um, um, as extensive as as one would think in terms of suppliers and customers, but I suspect that that will come, you know, for the entire gamut um, and, and and also employers. Employers still aren't at the forefront, but I, I assume. Um, you know, one can reasonably assume that that will ha- will happen. The coronavirus pandemic has the questioning of the market economy has become much more vociferous and much more um, loud with the coronavirus uh, pandemic, where the sustainability and the desirability of a market economy is under pressure. And looking at the intersection of the two topics we've covered, the ESG and M and A, how much of a factor is ESG in M and A deals? It's increasingly going to become a factor. So, so in a few ways. The first way um, I made mention earlier of of these um, of these super funds, and, and they are the big investors, and they're actually doing the investments themselves now. Um, and their mandates are increasingly, you know, taking those concerns of the environment and governance and, and governance, and that can be expected, um, you know, to directly impact investment choices that bidders make. Um, and, and, and investment uh, choices that targets make in terms of who they choose as a, um, you know, as a bidder, or they don't choose bidders, or they, or they might choose it if, if it's an auction process. Um, so that's very much, um, it's very much to the fore. But, but, but there's also, um, there's, there's also a lot of um, um, need to address regulatory concerns. And, 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 and in particular, foreign investment that's increasingly being linked to national security and ultimately, um, you know, broader, perhaps not pure ESG issues, but but pretty close. You know, some of them would embrace ESG issues, and on the anti and 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 on the um, antitrust issues, it's the same. You know, it would be the same concern. So through the regulators, there would absolutely be. There's much. There's much more need to satisfy their concerns of which a large component are now increasingly ESG issues. That's great. We'll leave it there. Simon, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Simon Segal joining me from Sydney. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.